All right, what's going on, everyone? This is Jordan from the Undergraduate Survival Guy podcast. Today we have a good old friend. You know, went to the same primary school, went to the same secondary school, and and yeah, we got a lot of history. But before we go into the depth of um, today's episode, Sean, tell us how you've been, how you've been coping in lockdown. Do you know what? Life is normal for me. I've been working for a while. As weird as that sounds, like you'd think, like being the, like a trade and that, you'd like be told to sit, be like home because currently social distance, but we're still working. So do you know what? My, I've been fine. <laughs> Nothing's changed for me. <laughs> but I know people are really struggling and I, I, I do not to sound rude. I do kind of laugh because I'm like, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, I hear that. It's funny seeing guys have nothing to do with this. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I respect what you're doing because obviously you must have been bored shitless and you're just, you've decided to do this podcast and I respect that, man. That's why, like, when you, when you, like, you did your, like, first one, was it with Joel, was it with, um, Michael you did your first one? Michael, yeah, he was the second episode very early. Yeah, but mate, I was listening to it and it's cracking me up, man. And I just thought, like, it's it's a good way to kill time. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. Mm. For me, it's just like doing doing anything's better than doing nothing. Oh, so, 100%. why not? It's like I used to. Well, everyone like resents work, like the the actual act of getting up and going to work for like nine hours a day, but. It was something better than just sitting in my bed playing Xbox all day. Like, I just, I felt so disgusting just sitting, like, just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's loads of people who feel that way. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because, like, all my friends at uni, it's like, for the last three, four years, there's no real pressure to go in. Like, you have a lecture or whatever, but you don't really have to go in. So you've never developed that. Uh, I guess discipline to wake up at eight or night or six, whatever, going to work every morning. Like looking at you, see, yeah. you still have to work through lockdown. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I can't imagine not, not being in front of my PS4. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because you, you've been to uni. So like you were just saying, like you, you could pick and choose when to, well, you should have gone to your lectures and that, but like you can, <laughs> you, you're kind of used to like the being in your room, doing your work, doing your stuff. Whereas for me, I'm just, when you'd be like getting up from what I would say, like 11 o'clock, you'd be waking up. Yeah. On a bad day. I would have already been doing like like four hours of work. So for me, it was just like, it it was quite nice to actually still be going to work because I feel if I had like all this time off getting back to work, I I don't think I'd uh, have adjusted to that. As well as I'm doing now, sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because I think once you get into a bad habit of waking up late, it's so hard to get out of it. Whereas on the flip side, if you're always waking up early, it's just it's a normal thing to have stuff to do when you in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate time so much more since working because I'm getting up or was it like five in the morning to get to work for like half seven to start actually like start working and I work till half four and then commuting from London you're looking what is it like hour and a half essentially so like I'm getting in at about like six o'clock and I what I have about three hours 
to myself before I have to start getting ready for bed and then starting the whole thing again. So come the weekend, my appreciation for the time, I get up at like eight o'clock on the weekends just to do the shit I want to do. Mm. But I feel if I went to uni, I would end up with like probably a really damaged liver and <laughs> just like, like just waking up at like three in the afternoon just because I had nothing else to do. As well as like needing to do work. I'm not saying like no one does their work, but it's mad. Like I don't know how I would have coped if I went to uni. But yeah, I mean lockdown has been nice because it has aided like it has like stopped me going out a lot, which obviously saving money and my body, but at the same time it's just, it's quite fun. Just meeting up with the boys, getting pissed, like the old days. I say the old days, like it's been years, but it's only been a couple of months. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, how have you been finding lockdown? Yeah, me, I mean, literally it's been podcasts and a bit of uni stuff, but. Yeah. I'm quite used to, to staying in. Like, I go out obviously for lectures and stuff, but it's not like I find the time to go out every week. Like, engineering's fucked, man. Very fucked. Like, the amount of work I have is ridiculous. Yeah, I bet it's fucking long old stuff as well. It's not like one plus one. It's probably like you got letters thrown in there too. Yeah, I haven't seen the numbers since like year 13. That's like my sister when she, she's studying maths, but like she said, she's actually writing essays. And I'm just there going like, but that's not maths. <laughs> like she has to prove like why something adds up to something and I was like oh, can you not just she has to write like paragraphs on it and I'm just saying no, that makes no sense to me mm. proofs are the worst like proofs are literally the worst like why am I proving that 2 plus 2 is 4 <laughs> like yeah I mean she was telling me like, she was trying to like revise so she was like teaching me like I think it was like the golden ratio and like why it's like what it is. And I was just saying to her, I was like, I, I honestly do not understand what the fuck you're talking about right now. Like this is all just like, <laughs> you could be speaking French and that would make more sense to me than this. And, mm, and she's now doing a doctorate in it now. So it's like, it's mad. Fucking hell. She must have a death wish. Well, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, I mean, she loves it and hates it all at the same time. <laughs> but I think that's like most people. Where did she go again? Is that Royal Holloway or something, right? No, uh, she went to Exeter. Exeter, yeah. Yeah, so she went proper down south. Mm. Um, oh, that's going off mental, that's going over there. Um, but yeah, she, she went to Exeter and apparently it was like, I think it's, was it the Russell group? I think yeah. it's one of them. So yeah, she, she, she was alright for that. Um, I, I couldn't do half the, I couldn't do half the stuff any of you guys do at uni, honestly. I, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> think. No, it's not as bad as it sounds. Mm. I mean, I guess if you get used to it, you, you like, it's, it's different, but obviously me working 
I was learning on the job, so it's like actually doing things hands on, like getting stuck into it and everything. Whereas, like, I'd, I'd have help along the way. Whereas, I think if I went to uni, it's it's literally you're by yourself. You have to do all your educate, like all your learning by yourself. And to me, that's just that sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah, is I think. The worst thing about, well, the best and the worst thing, I guess, depending on who you are, but the whole independent study aspect, it's... Oh, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that at all. Because I think they say for every for every hour you spend in lectures, it's got to be two hours on your own. And that's just ridiculous for some people. Like, if you don't have the organisation or the... I'm not even that. Like, it's just difficult in general to go out and keep learning stuff without any help. But I don't know how they expect us to do it. Well, I remember I was listening to one of your other podcasts and I can't remember who it was, but she was going on about the whole triangle dynamic of like um, balancing your social life with sleep and education. And mm-hmm. like, I remember seeing it tight. Like I remember seeing that on like um, Facebook like ages ago and I never understood that because I say I never been to uni. But when like when you guys were chatting about that, I was just there going like, oh, that actually sounds like a real big problem. Like, how, like I couldn't imagine trying to balance everything together, like to get all balanced, all three balanced. But then you, you just, yeah, you have to have a social life, Phil, and you have to have sleep. But like the education part, that that just probably takes over both of them straight away. Yeah, in many ways, yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, like they say, what one hour. Of lectures is two hours of private study so if you're in uni for eight hours a day that means you've got to do 16 hours of private study that's 24 hours that's a whole day they're basically saying to do for uni if you like if you follow by those standards and they give that they give that as a as a metric for like general success not for like a first class or you know doing well what? so what they're basically saying is like to do okay like to get out of uni in, in one piece <laughs> you need to work 24 hours a day no wonder why there's so much like mental health like in unis and stuff like that. Like it's you work you're literally working yourself into the ground. Mm. That's 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 bizarre. And all while doing it, you owe their money. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. Paying mm. nine grand a year for that. God take me money now. <laughs> Madman. Yeah. It's definitely you definitely have to be a certain type of person to go to uni and yeah, as I keep saying, I'm not that person. Mm. I know we, we talked about it a bit before I started recording anyway, but um what was your I guess final decision and why you decided not to go to uni and to do an apprenticeship instead? Oh, do you know there was there was loads of them, you know, and I was going on about um, I was sitting in sociology and I hated it there because it was just like so much stuff. Where you, it was like the start of where you had to prove everything, which is partly why like, I didn't want to like that kind of put me off. But it was Miss Armstrong. She was like talking about how if she would do over, she'd do a trade. Mm. And the whole time when I was in like them classes, I was just sat there saying like. Mm, I might just go away and do a trade. It's probably the best option. 
And ever since I was young, I've always said, like, I wanted to be a plumber. Like, most kids say they want to be an astronaut, fireman, policeman. <laughs> nah, me, I want to be a plumber. And it got to the point where I was, like, just saying to myself, I was like, why don't I just go and do that? Why, why am I wasting my time here? I did a whole year at, like, sixth form, barely getting by. I came, what was it? My results were, like, three C's and a D. I, I thought, and I was so glad I left that because I was just there going like, if I couldn't have retook a year, I don't want to be there for another year. I hated it. Mm. So I think it was it, the main thing was it was just me personally. I didn't suit education. I, I was I was really good at tech, like I like you know like doing like woodwork and stuff like that. Like, I was very good with my hands. Yeah, I started yeah. noticing that in like year seven when we had to make that key ring. And it just came so naturally for me. And I always enjoyed doing like that. And then it kind of just stemmed from, it, it was it was a long time coming, but you know when you're just so focused on trying to get your grades, it all kind of like just, you, you it all blanks out a bit. I think that's the only way I can describe it. So I was just, as I was saying before, I was like just going through the motions. And I think I just got fed up. And I thought, do you know what? This isn't for me. And my mum and my dad were very supportive because they were saying, like, we've kind of known all along, like, it's, this, it's not for everyone. And I, I want to make it clear, like, anyone, well, if anyone listens, like, and they're contemplating about going to uni, really, like, sit down and think if it's the right option for you because it's a, it's a tough decision to make. And it is a, it's a, <laughs> If you choose to go to uni and you're not enjoying it, you, you're just wasting like y- your life quite literally. Yeah. And it's, it's quite, it's a scary choice as well. Cause you obviously at the time you don't know if it's going to pay off or not. But luckily for me, me leaving and doing this uh, apprenticeship, it was the best decision for my life, like in my life. Sorry. And I'll, I'll, if I go back and do it, I would have just left at the end of year 11. I would have just started it early and then I would have been better off now. But obviously I'm quite glad I went to sixth form because it just firmed my decision to do the apprenticeship later on. Mm-hmm. And I have like no like regrets at all leaving. That's crazy. Mm. I really do respect that. Um apprentices i feel like you need to be a lot more i guess mature in a sense because even me like i was looking at a lot of engineering options for apprenticeships and i'm like you know what people always say to do uni so i'm just gonna assume that they're right and just follow their path mm. like it takes a, it takes a lot to look at your teachers or your parents and be like you know what what you're saying is dumb and then kind of create your own path so i've got a lot of respect for guys like you for for taking that step and then of course for it working out yeah thanks uh, i mean like, like uh, yeah, partly what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. But I think parents kind of need to actually talk to their kids about that. Like, I bet there's so many people which, like, their parents pressure them to do stuff. And it's not what they want to do. Mm. And you're just, if you're just there to please people, that's not a life you really want to be, like, kind of like going down with. And yeah. it's, it's true what you say, like, when um when I did choose to do it, it was like a very like big decision, and I had the support of everything. 
by the teachers because I'm almost certain schools make money off us going to uni, as in like when they get into uni, because I don't know why they would force it upon every student. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just a very nice. It was a nice change up as well because, as you said, it's like I became very mature very quickly, like. Arguably, I'd say. Like, if, like my, parents, <laughs> if my parents were in the room, they'd probably be a bit like, "Nah, you're still a kid." But um, <laughs> like when I when I was, I, well, I will tell you a story actually, because um, at work, the running joke is that I'm just an old man because everything because I've been working with like people older than me. Like, yeah, isn't that a weird like thing? Like, I work with I, my workmates, like some of my good mates at work. They're about three times my age. Damn. And I'm just there going like, I didn't like, people at uni have got mates obviously the same age, they're maybe a year younger, a year older. I've got people who are like 60, just about to go into retirement, and I'm, I, I would call them good mates. And, um, yeah, it's just, I've gone off, I've lost the train of thought. What was I on about? <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'll go off a tangent, mate, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, being mature, there we go. Um, yes, it, being independent is one thing, but I think when you start working and you're paying taxes and everything like that, you start realizing like, oh, okay, this is the rest of my life now. This is like, I've st- I've got to start acting my age, I'm not saying that people at uni aren't acting their age, but, um, it's, it's one of them things where I kind of like had to grow up. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm working, I'm paying bills, everything like that, and it's got to happen eventually growing up, and it just so happened I chose to do it then. Mm-hmm. It's commendable, man. Mm. I do think uni presents an opportunity for you to, like, to not do anything for four years, three years, because it's very much like school. It's very structured. You kind of just go in, you... I mean, in a in a simplest form, you you do the lectures, you learn, and you do the exams, and you get out. There's no real mm-hmm. maturity aspect. I mean, some people live on their own; they have to think about rent and bills and stuff. But for the most part, it's just school, but with a bit more added responsibilities. Whereas work, I can imagine, it's a completely different bubble. It's like a whole new set of mm-hmm. uh, experiences, skills, and obviously, like you mentioned, friends that are sixty years old. Like that's it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's. It's a weird one, but like you hear their like like all their stories, and that's where you, you, I kind of got a lot of life lessons off of them because obviously they've lived their life. They'll tell you things what you should and shouldn't do. Like I've got advice about buying houses, like in putting into investments and stuff, and like I'm just going like, oh, this is all quite like useful life lessons. This mm. because um. It's funny because people at work, obviously, like, they're paying for their kids to go to uni. And one, this one guy, Mark, he cracks me up because he's very literal in what he says. <laughs> he just says, I'm paying my kid to go to uni. And I know for a fact all they're doing is getting pissed, getting high, and then not even doing their work until the last minute. <laughs> While I'm working day in, day out to pay for that. And I'm just saying, going like, they best get their fucking grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of guys out there are hurt by that statement <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm just relaying the message. Don't don't like hate me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just it's just yeah. It, you hear like some of the. Well, I mean, I've gone out on nights like nights out with Shane. Obviously, like he'd gone to Brunel, mm. and I, I remember like just chilling in his room, and I just see all the paperwork everywhere, and I'm just there going like, oh mate, this is just a lot of work. So like, I'm just at home, just chilling. Whereas you're probably, well, give it like last year, you were probably just non-stop doing work. Because, you know, you've got that fix that 24 hours and 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I feel like, I guess it depends on your course, but in some capacity, you're not really working much harder as a student than, you know, like for example, yourself as an apprentice. Like, the only difference is you will do your work within a fix, you know, half seven to half four. Whereas a student will go in, you know, for a couple of hours and then continue that work at home. Mm. I think. In terms of like actual workload, I don't think it's that big a deal. But then you can probably talk to this as well, like the point of like work life balance and when you get home it's like putting that to the side and having to having your own time and space, I guess, to do your own things. Yeah, and it, what you're saying is very true because obviously with me I've got that set half seven till half four. That's work. As soon as I leave work, it's my time. Like I do whatever whatever I want to do. But it's it's the ability to probably, I have the, I'm, I'm able to just switch off. As soon as I leave work, I, I can switch off and not worry about it till half seven the next day. Whereas I feel for you guys, you are, it's constantly on the back of your mind. If not, it's like all you're thinking about is like, oh shit, oh shit, I need to do this, I need to do that. Whereas I can just come home, lay in my bed and do nothing. So I, I count myself lucky for that. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting, um, like, difference to observe. Cause, like, I feel like some students, if they just worked, if they took uni as a job, and, like, you got in at nine o'clock or seven o'clock, whether you had a lecture then or not, and you just banged out work until four or five, I feel like a lot of people would get by a lot easier. But then you have that mentality where it's like, oh, I'm not going to go in today, I don't want to, and then you got to catch up, and suddenly it becomes way too much. Like, time management is probably the biggest problem for most students, and I feel like, that whole having to manage time is really sucked out of you when you're at work and you have fixed hours. Mm. Yeah, I, I can only imagine because obviously I've been at work. The only, I've, I mean, I went to college like one day a week for three years. Mm. And that, that was fine for me. Like, I was able to time manage that because it was just a little bit to do. If I was having to do it constantly, as essentially like well yeah it is like a little career for you isn't it like you going to uni is like it it can it is a job essentially because you are non-stop working but you're just not getting paid <laughs> yeah you're getting paid in knowledge they will tell you that's, that's a load of bullshit <laughs> whoever's telling you that is just benefiting off of you going to uni that's all I've got to say for <laughs> that's a big fact man yeah Anyone who's trying to like soften the idea and like make you feel better, you know they're just doing it to just to be like, yeah, don't worry about that. Just like keep on going, you're fine. Because they're benefiting. Yeah, that, that's all it is, man. That is all it is. Mm. I find it interesting though. Like going back to you mentioned having your like guys that worked out way older than you. You kind of like similar to that point. You go through school and they literally just say, oh, if you don't 
apply to uni, you can't go to prom or stuff. But it's like, you guys are the mature ones. You guys are supposedly the ones that know more, that can teach us more. Yeah. It's interesting the dynamic between like being a teacher versus being like a, uh, a mentor, or like a role model or something. And it's like, you don't really get that. Well, at least we never really had that at St. Mark's. Mm. The, the thing is, is, um, I'm now getting to the stage where I'm having to teach the apprentices. So, like, I wouldn't say I'm a teacher, but I have to pass the knowledge on sort of thing. Yeah. And just doing that, I've realised I could not have been a teacher. The amount of time, like, could you imagine, like, you look at, like, the people which we had in our, like, classes or in our school. You would have hit the people. You would have hit the kids. I would have, I would have ended up hitting. If any kids started, like, mouthing off to me, <laughs> I'd end up hitting them. And then I'd be in prison. I'd be like, fuck. But... <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've wanted to hit the, the apprentices because they're just I'm telling them I've told them five times right cut this bit like this and then they'll just cut it the complete wrong measurement and we're like well I can't use that now but it's it's, it's very hard to like I, I do have a lot like I do respect teachers because obviously it is a hard thing to do trying to pass knowledge on to someone if they're not wanting to be there mm. and Oh, it's just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do teaching and I feel sometimes even teachers just don't want to be there. But I'm sure you, you'll remember like loads of like, well, I say loads, you might have known a couple of like St. Mark's teachers, which when you're in their lessons, you're just there going like, you don't want to be here. So why do I want to be here? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 you do, it, it, you do kind of get off a, you feed off of people's vibes. So, like, if you had a real, like, charismatic teacher, you'd want to, you'd, you'd, you'd learn. But if you didn't, you end up just kind of, like, drifting by. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Mm. And I feel it's probably the same for lecturers. Like, if you have a really good lecturer, I bet you, like, learn off them really easy. Whereas if you had... Ele- I don't, I, I don't know. Are they, are they shit lecturers? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting in uni because I feel like there are some guys who, who, you know, the decks they want to be there, they have a passion for studying or for lecturing, I guess. Yeah. But I think, I think it's especially prominent at, um, Russell Group unis because they're built on like mm-hmm. research. And at Bristol, for example, there are some lecturers that are predominantly, you know, primarily researchers and you can tell they're just, you know, they want to get on with their work. They kind of got to dedicate this hour to use and they can go back to what they really want. Mm. And again, with the whole charisma thing, you can tell when their body language is like, you know, they're kind of looking at the door, looking at the clock. It's like, it's hard to, to care about what they're saying if you know that they don't really want to be there or that it's just a career to them as opposed to, you know, a passion or something that they care about. Yeah. And it, it shows it. You saying that is very similar to being at work. If I, like when you think it, because there are certain people on site which don't want to be there, and then when you're learning with them, you pick off of their vibe. So you're just there going like, "Oh fuck, work! I don't want to be here. Like, I want to go home. Just like give me my paycheck. I'm gonna go." <laughs> but um, it just it reminds me because I just I can't. I remember being in a pub one time, and I was chatting to some random lecturer. I think he. He taught, I think it was like social, sociology. No, not sociology. It, it was, it, he teached something and, 
he kind of went for his like, but he put it this way, he's like, education is, is kind of like a triangle. Like at the bottom, you have such a vast knowledge, like you're learning your ABCs, your numbers and everything. Then you go into like year one, that narrows a little bit. You start picking up, like you start like finalizing, like, so you start putting them letters into like sentences. You put the numbers into equations. And then you, like, he was just basically describing education as like one big triangle pointing you into like such a fine point of like your learning. So, Let's take yours. You've done, was it, um, engineering? Yeah. Is it, is it a specific type of engineering? Uh, engineering maths. It's kind of like yeah. general, but yeah. Yeah. So let's say you, you've been to like primary school, you've learned all the basics, you then went to secondary, uh, prime, yeah, secondary school, you then condensed all the things which you've learned in that part into that part more. But then you've kind of cut away when you've gone into the sixth form because then you're not using all the subjects you've learned in like secondary school. So like, was it you went from, uh, was it, what did you take again? For A levels. Yeah. Uh, maths, both maths, physics, chemistry. Okay. So, I mean, you didn't use drama in them. Mm. So that was that gone. Uh, you didn't use art. You didn't use PE. So all the stuff you've like kind of done there, it's forgotten. You've made it really hard because everything you've picked kind of like. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, what I'm saying is like he was—he basically was just describing education into one big triangle, forcing you into like such a a, a specific category. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense? I probably sound like an absolute bell end for saying, but the way the guy described it sounded so much better. I was, I was, I got like probably quite pissed, so I probably can't remember the story that well. But when he was telling me, I'm just there going like, "Whoa, yeah, that's so true." Whoa! But I've now butchered it, so um, I apologise for wasting five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I understand you, man. I think I don't. Yeah, I don't articulate it in a different way. It's like. You, you kind of learn more and more. Like you start off with, let's say, GCSEs, 10 subjects. That goes out to four at, U, at A levels and then one at uni. And then if, if you go on to like your, you know, your sister, you said you mentioned she's doing a doctorate, like yeah. you pick one specific part of that one subject. Like you just narrow, narrow, narrow until you get to this one niche. And who would have thought climate science is part of maths? Yeah. I, I had no idea that it was, uh, and coding as well. She was telling me how she's, she's doing like, like coding and I'm there going like, I used to complain about doing algebra and mm. you, you've now got to do like coding. You've got to look at like weather maps and everything. And I'm just there going like, that's bizarre for me because all I know from maths is numbers and a few letters. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's funny how, how, um, like I'd love to know how they teach maths in other countries because they just teach us like, lowest common denominator like all this stupid stuff that <laughs> you never actually need and then day yeah. one at uni it's like golden ratio explained and like it's like fuck man <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> all i know is just some squares and then a curve going around it but like, it I, I can draw the picture but like trying to explain why that is relative to life or like in 
the real world. You're just there going like, bizarre. Because it's like the snail show, isn't it? That's a part of the gold. That's golden ratio, is it? That's I might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah. Nah, it's just funny, man. Mm. What do you think of, um, cause you talked about it a bit before anyway, but to, uh, to explore it in more detail, what do you think of school now that you're, like now that you made it out? Um, great learning experience to be fair. I mean, if I could take anything out of it, it, it kind of like, ex- like the education helped me get the job. Like, yeah, I'll get that. But it also, it, it it's very hard to like say bad things about it because obviously like school is good because obviously it's teaching you everything you need to learn for basically getting a job but then once you get that job you kind of look back at some of the things and you go I didn't really need that and I didn't really need this but it sticks with you and it's yeah yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, something in me, I want to say. Yeah. I mean, what, what did you, like, think of school and that? Yeah, for me, like, uh, it's difficult because I, I really enjoyed maths, as you can probably imagine from my A-levels, but... Yeah. <laughs> my, general, my general feeling of school is not overly positive. Like, I feel like the other students, like, you know, guys like you, Michael, all, my, all of our group, Mm. Um, was great. And I was, I would love being part of A-Side, for example, but it's like, the teaching, like I mentioned it briefly A-side. before. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck B-Side, you bastards. Fuck B-Side, man. I need to get a t-shirt just saying fuck B-Side on it. <laughs> yeah, start making some merch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming soon. Yeah. But, but now, nah, like, like teachers, I don't really think I was really prepared for, for the real world. And not even uni, really. Like, I kind of stepped out and said, like, oh, shit, now I've got to pay for things. You know, now I've got to learn on my own. I mean, teachers always told me off for not doing homework, but they never really enforced, like, that homework is actually important. It's way more serious than the detention is, like, I don't know, missing a project for work or, like, uh, getting a zero. Because obviously, none of my, um, none of my modules that I picked had coursework. It was just, like, regular homework. So I, I had no idea that course that was important until I got to uni and got a zero. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> now oh, I've got to retake first year. Yeah. Like I, I, was, I feel like I was very ill-prepared. No, but that, that's, that, that's how I felt in A-level. Like, that, that what you were just describing just then is exactly how I felt in A-level. Like, I just didn't feel prepared. And that's when I started questioning it. I was going like, if I'm struggling now, but what am I gonna be like at uni? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get through. I'm gonna be that guy, which is probably the, like 30 years old, still retaking the first year. And that, that's just not something I would want. I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't, didn't want to risk it. Mm. And I actually, I was chatting to someone at work, like a couple, I say, I think it was about, I was second year apprentice. And I was chatting to someone. And we had to like read something and I was reading it and I was really struggling like properly like I couldn't, I couldn't focus like on the words. And at the time when I was at school, people were saying it's like, oh, you're just being like, it's like lazy reading. But, um, when I was chatting to someone, he was like, oh no, my son's the same and he's like dyslexic. And I was there going like, 
oh, is this what it is then? And I, I, I haven't got it checked because, I mean, it's pointless me getting it checked now. But I feel that was also another thing which I used to hate was the fact that sometimes I just couldn't focus in class because in essay, like in the exams, you had like a big old fucking chunk of text to read and my mind just wasn't focusing on it. So that added stress of like just not enjoying like school calls. Like it was just nothing was like clear. Like it all just kind of seemed like it was like not, not. I wasn't like forgotten, but at the same time, it, it just yeah, it's very. It's very strange. Mm. Do you feel like because you you said the word forgotten, it just triggered something in my mind? But because I was always <laughs> somewhat bad behaved, so I feel like I always got a lot of teacher attention. And there are other students that I'm not going to name, but they obviously worked really hard, got really good grades, so they also got a lot of attention. Do you feel like because you you were never really a bad student, but you never, you also never really got the top, top oh. grades. Would you feel like well, they, I know, I looks- I've got golden math challenge. Thank you very much. Cheers, <laughs> 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 James, for the answers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, genuinely, I, I, I was, I was a good, like, I was well behaved. I very rarely got into trouble, although I did fucking like a good chat in class. Yeah. But um, that's the only time I'd ever get like told off. But it's true. You're saying because I wasn't, I was a very average student. Like, I was getting like A's, B's, and C's. All the attention kind of went to the the kids which were getting like the A stars or the ones that were getting really bad grades, like not their like targeted grades. So you're kind of like in that limbo area of right. You're not needing a lot of help. But at the same time, you're not needing the support to do and get like the A stars and that. So we'll just kind of leave you in this little like category of you're doing fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, cause you, it's good you actually mentioned that because it actually, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot more sense that people tend to were aiding like the likes of, um, people like potentially going to Oxford and Cambridge. Like, do you see the amount of help people got when they would like get like, uh, when they were like almost getting the grades to get into them unis, they mm. were like throwing help at them left, right and center. Yeah. But I mean, some people were gifted, like gifted with that knowledge and they didn't need the help. Like, Amazing! That that was just amazing to me. Sometimes when I saw like how smart some people were, like I remember I was I remember being Mr. Gold's maths class, and I had just got moved up to top set because for some reason Mr. Mitchell thought I was good enough for it. I remember sitting in that class for the first time, and I was just there going like, "How the fuck are Michael Julian and yourself getting the answers that quick?" And I'm still writing the fucking equation out. I just, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't compute to me, like, how different people were, like, just gifted in their areas. Hmm. Yeah, it's mad. I do think, (laughs) top set was nuts. I think, with maths in particular, and maybe I'm just biased because I was good at it, but I think there should have been, like, a set alpha. This is kind of Michael's idea, so I'll give him props for that. There was, there was, came up with the name Alpha. 
Hey, I saw Michael, man. I saw Michael. But it makes a lot of sense when he said it because it's like, there are some people who are smart that are going to get good grades. But Mm. as mentioned, there are some people that are like, have a knack for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that applies for like, for example, Philip with English. Like he had a knack for just like, whatever the fuck is. That that guy could write a book in, and it would, I'd just be in awe. Literally, yeah. I I remember one time when we, that was another thing I never used again, analysing fucking poems. Why, why was I made to analyse or cross-reference poems? Like, what was the use for that? But I remember being in the class, I think Mr. Monaghan, like, kind of like took the, his, like, essay, and I think he analysed a single bullet point and the use of it, and how it impacted the poem. And I was just there going like, I analysed why the colour was used red, because it portrayed anger. But he was going about how his bullet point ended the, the poem beautifully, because it just says, that is that, that that's that's what happens at the end. And you're just there going like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just... <laughs> I, I, and do you know what? I think I do agree with what you and Michael are saying about the Project Alpha. I did, uh, you didn't see, but I did like finger quotations. Um, but I do agree because there are, like, as you said, there's certain people who don't necessarily need that all, like, the help. Like, you can literally just say, all right, just do this. Just, I'll give you the questions. You work through that. And if you get stuck, just give us a question. Like, if you just took them ones out and put them in, because that happened in primary school. Do you remember in Botwell? Like, if you were, like, really good at maths and English, there was only about, like, six people, and they got in a separate, they were, like, taken out of the class and put into a separate room because they didn't need the help which everyone else needed. Mm-hmm. That was and the, uh, gifted and talented. That's the one, yeah. And I was just sat there making art on paint in ICT, and they're all probably just, like, <laughs> Analyze. Oh, no. I, I look back at it. I must have been such. Oh, I thought I was smart, but I'm looking back at it and I'm going there. Like, oh wow, I did some really, really stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> nah, some people are just in a different, a different planet, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like when it's when you see like certain kids, like you, you see them, they've already got a degree at the age of fourteen. Fuck me, like, what sort of, like, what are you feeding your kids at that, that age? Like, how would you know that a kid can do, like, simplifying equations at the age of five? Like, I could barely do it when I was 16. Yeah. Bizarre. To be fair, I kind of petty that. I mean, it's, it's all good and well to be, you know, quote-unquote smart at a young age, but it's like, what does that really do for you? Like, when I was 15, I was, like, talking to girls... Um, not illegally drinking, uh, you know, going parties and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I would, I'd much rather have the fun while, like, while I'm young than, I mean, maybe it's just me being bitter about not being, <laughs> not having a degree at 14, but. No, that's not, I'm not, I'm with you there. Um, he's, that kid probably had not all the kids that are like gifted in that sense. They've probably not got. The, they, they don't have like what we've experienced as in like going out, partying, drinking, just like, just getting like, having like an actual like memories being made. All these, all these kids probably still have some memories, but it's, 
I feel it was just character building, really, like doing what we were doing, like just having, like, just having fun. Like, mm. what, what's the point of living if you're not having fun? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, make it that deep, but <laughs> that's just. <laughs> It's, it's why, like, yesterday I ran up the boys, because we've all probably had a shit week, and it was just nice seeing everyone having a good time and everything. Hmm. For sure, man. And I feel like, obviously there's a difference between, like, just out and out, taking every day as it is and having non-stop fun and working, but if you can balance that, like, I feel like school was very balanced. We messed around a lot. We all mm. learned a lot. And we're all better off for it, as opposed to some guys that because especially like I'm sure you can speak on this as well but now that you're working a lot of the things you learn in school just don't matter anymore you're never going to be tested on like Pythagoras <laughs> as a plumber or like in construction yeah. you're never going to have to know about poems as you mentioned do you know the only thing which I've taken from it was I think year 11 physics because we were doing like because I'm because obviously being an electrician I deal with like volts and everything like that yeah and it was the only time where I've been like oh, I actually remember learning this because being at college um, they had to obviously reteach it, but like having that previous, because St. Mark's was a good school for that, because like they taught everything very like, like it would, like you had the whole like like lessons based on right, okay, V over I times R, or like fight, figuring out like resistance and that, and then when I when I went to college, I already had that knowledge, so it was that much easier. So I'd say that's the only time where I've actually used like like school knowledge is that and maths obviously because doing calculations for like lengths and stuff. Yeah. But everything else, like it's just I've never used again. It's nuts. Mm. I would yeah, love the work well, is funny. I'd, like, as in like I I would not change anything. I love the the banter we had. Like at school, like the imaginations we came up with, like we we created our own like cup games, the John Proctor Cup for PE, like football games. <laughs> we had A side v B side, literally every. Well, you were the referee. You gave me a yellow. I remember that. I will never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time it'll be a red. Uh, it definitely should have been a red. I was all over him. <laughs> I fucking pulled his shirt back and everything. I think it was a very lenient yellow so I thank you for that but at the same time don't want a card <laughs> but um <laughs> but that that's the shit which I remember uh, more that uh, from school it's just all the memories and all like the the shit we got up to mm-hmm. what would you say was your your top memory uh oh it's got to be Dylan being Gustav Holt <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. mate! I don't understand how that how that boy wasn't expelled. <laughs> so he's going into a maths class. Like Mr. Ogan was not a nice maths like supply teacher, but the fact that he pretended to be a German exchange student for fucking half hour of the not not even not I think it was a good two lessons or something. He went in there for the first one, and then Miss Kahane was wondering where he was for like the second one and then she just found him in the fucking classroom pretending to be a German exchange student <laughs> oh man that, that was fun that was funny man I was so glad I was in that class when it was happening 
classic. But it, but because I wasn't even there, I wasn't top set. I, I just heard about it. All right, no need to brag. Awesome. Right. <laughs> 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 I just can't stop. I, every, every second word in my vocabulary is, is top set now. <laughs> but no, nah, like, like explain that because obviously you were there. Like explain what that was, what actually happened for the guys that don't know. Oh, basically. We had a supply teacher for basically a whole year because um, our normal teacher was pregnant and she went in like, it was sort of like maternity leave. So um, Dylan is a, <laughs> he, he's just a funny guy. <laughs> and he accidentally walked into our class. Well, he was following us and I think he, he forgot he, it was maths. I think he just kind of followed the class. And then... He, he used to do like the German accent here and now. I'm almost certain. And, uh, he just started doing this. Ger- he then clocked that he wasn't in the right class, but the lesson was already like 10 minutes deep. And, uh, he just started acting on it, like just being a German exchange student. <laughs> and the teacher was none the wiser. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, didn't realize we do this here. And the whole time he was just like, it was just, it, I think it sounds, it was funnier because, like, it was happening to us. Like, it, it probably sounds, it is funny still, but being in that classroom, knowing that he's not meant to be there, knowing the teacher thinks he's German, and us just being fucking, being kids, like, just, like, just trying to can our laugh, like, stop laughing, like, all of a sudden. But it was the whole commotion afterwards when Miss Kahane walked like like found him in the classroom and was like, Dylan <laughs> I swear that kid that that her encounters with Dylan could easily be made into like some sort of show. Like, honestly. Cause I'll never forget it was drama. I think you were you were A two, weren't you? For in GCSEs I was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, we had a drama class, and uh, we it was like Miss 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 Hutchinson was going on about like trying to portray um scary like fear and that, and um, I just remember it was the little things he did, and I think the lights were off, and um, the lights come on, and Miss Kahane was like standing in front of Dylan, and he just <laughs> screamed, and he went, "It's fucking hideous!" <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously the whole clock you could tell Miss Hutchinson was laughing too but you know as a, uh, you could tell as a teacher she was trying to be professional yeah, but yeah it's just yeah. little things like that I just I, I have memories of it and I'm just there cracking up because he also was it he flipped the bird to Mr Enright which is like mm. actually just went fuck you and just like kind of like strolled out and we were just there going like what just what just happened Right, how's he getting away with this? <laughs> Dylan was something else, man. Yeah, it's because he, he didn't care. Like he didn't enjoy school. I don't, he enjoyed school for the people, not for the for the lessons. I feel like. Yeah. I'm I'm once you're detached from that like professional, you know, that schooling environment, it's like he just it's just a laugh. Mm. And I think he. he in a weird way, it was needed because sometimes you just needed that little break from just being so serious with education. You did, you did kind of need your Dylans. You needed like just the, the, the 
funny people just to like make the memories and like it then triggered like it just it was oh, it's yeah it's just good shit when people make you laugh <laughs> <laughs> for sure mm. I remember forgetting um in form time I think Dylan walked in and his bag knocked over Mr Longhay's tea or something Longhay just oh lost my his God, mind yeah. <laughs> oh mate. I'll tell you what, there's a couple of teachers I'd love to see again. Like, I'd love, I'd love to just, like, talk to Longhair again, cause I know he was a, like, he was a dickhead, but he was, like, he, he, he was, he was strict for the right reasons, but there were certain times when you're just there going, like, okay, you didn't really need to shout at me for forgetting a pencil. Like, that, that, yeah. that, that stuff I was a bit like, what's the point of that? But, um, I'd love to see Mr. Greensmith again. Simply because, because, I mean, for the people that don't know, I used to be a very fat kid. And, uh, I remember he forced us all to do a 12 minute run. And I think I did about four minutes of it. And I was just like, nah, that's me. I'm done. Fuck this. And he went, if you lost weight, you'd be doing a lot better. And yeah, mate, it was, it was brutal. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't think teachers can talk to me like that. But he did, and I just feel like I want to go back to him now and be like, I still can't run 12 minutes. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm just not built for running. <laughs> I'd like to thank myself I'm strong as well, actually, for giving me like, the, the final thing of being like, yeah, I'll take, I'll do a trade. Mm. That's a crazy, that's a crazy, like, one liner to remember as well. It's not like a, you know, I have a dream. It's this. <laughs> it's like a thing you just say in passing, a trivial quote. Like, yeah, you know, if I could go back, I'd be a plumber. And to have that stick in your mind is crazy. Mm. Yeah, it, it was mad. Cause, like, what, what teachers would you want to like bump into? To be fair, probably most of them. I feel like mm. I, mean, I don't know how much you remember of how how bad I was in school, but they always knew I had some sort of potential because I was an idiot they just never gave a fuck <laughs> like I got in so much trouble for literally everything and I feel like I remember one time Mr. Longhay said look if you actually wanted to work hard you could do well but because mm. you're an idiot you're going to get you know you're going to be an average Joe the rest of your life and like, I remember that that average Joe mentality Longhay, like, as much as he like shouted at people he was real like he would just tell to, he would talk to you and be like listen you've you've got you've got potential here like just just kind of knuckle down and you'll do well. Mm. I'd love to bump into Miss Golden. Miss Golden, yeah. She was the realest, like, like the, literally the most down-to-earth person in that school. Like, if you had any troubles, you'd go to her, and she just kind of made shit, like, make sense. Mm. Like, yeah, she was sick. Mm. I think my sister still keeps in touch with her. She has her email. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they keep in touch every now and then. Do you know she's still at the school? I think she is. I think she's still doing the tech bit though. Mm. Cause you know, she, ch- she became like the, um, the person in the back cutting up all the materials and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see, um, what's her name? The food tech, Miss McIntyre. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I could never cook. <laughs> no, I, I remember we were making a cheese sauce. And I remember I burnt the fuck of the cheese at the bottom of the pan. And no matter how much soap I put on it, it just wasn't going. 
I remember I hit the pan. I, I literally dashed the pan in the back corner, very back corner. And I just remember she pulled it out and she went, who's done this? I was like, I don't want to say it, but it was me. And she was like, we're not going until it's done. And I just remember being like, oh, I don't know, miss. Just like, shit like that. You remember, you remember when they just like lost their temper because it was very rare for teachers to just, just go ballistic, like nuclear almost. Literally, yeah. Cause I remember with, with her in particular, I was, I was chewing gum one time. And obviously in our school, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to have chewing gum. Yeah. She caught me chewing. It's like, Jordan, come to the front. And I, cause I, I had a feeling she clocked. Yeah. So I like stuck it to the corner of my mouth. Yeah. The standard trick. I went up to her. She's like, open your mouth. I showed her. She was like, okay, you can go. And as I'm walking back, I think Brendan was laughing at me. So I just started smiling and she goes, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I know you was laughing because your ears went up. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what as I'm facing away, I spit it out quickly because I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. she's on, so I spit it out onto the floor. But I go back and get away with it. But I just remember her saying like, my ears went up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not safe. Because I, I, I remember for some reason I, I, I put textiles like, because you, you remember when we got to like, it's year 10 or year 9 where you had to put your list of what you wanted to do for tech in mm. order you want to do, and then they gave it to you. I remember I put textiles last, and Lord and behold, I fucking got it. And I was just like, in their class, trying to sew. And I mean, I think there was, it was me, Matthew, Kegel, uh, Craig, Vales. We, we were the only three fellas in that fucking class. And do you know how like weird it is to try and sew and you don't know how to use a needle and thread? I think I pricked my finger like three times, like in the foot, like the first time trying to do it. And I just remember her looking at us. Well, well, she looked at me. And you know when you you can read someone's like facial expressions, mm. and her ones quite clearly went, "Oh my god, like you, you just should not be here." <laughs> Damn. I'd love to see Taylor again. Mr. Taylor. Mm. Oh, boy. He'd just go and... Just, it would always be like, well, let's play football then. That's every funny. single time. Every single time. And then that bought, that birthed John Proctor Cup. Mm. To be fair, I respect him for letting us play football every time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Even though I would have liked to have known some like actual physical information like about how my bones work for example it's still pretty cool <laughs> it was just I think it was just one of the ones where you're just like actually it's going to be a good day it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun day yeah. I remember so often in between like year 8 and 9 I would always just forget my or you know quote unquote forget my kit because I can see them like putting the cones out I'm like I don't want to do a 12 minute run or I don't want to do a bleep test I don't want to do long jumps I just like you know, forget mm-hmm. my kit, supposedly. But then from year 10, 11, it was just everyday football. And that was, ugh, those were the years. Mm. I mean, my favourite one was when we, we were doing rugby. Because obviously, I couldn't kick a ball straight, but I could play rugby. And we only played it for like fucking three lessons. And I was just saying, like, what's the, what's the point of this? Like, I get all happy playing the sport I'm actually good at. And we're not even playing a match. We're just literally just playing touch. 
And mm. for those that know, touch is touch rugby is just glorified tag or it. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. School's school is funny, man. Do you think like uh, I don't know how to ask this, but you've lost a lot of weight. You're doing a lot better now. Yeah. Like, yeah I've seen you. You're looking good on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, do you but, think in school they kind of treat you differently because because you're bigger? Mm, I guess in PE in particular. Yes and no. I think I say yes because obviously personal experience, whatever, like it would be my point of view. So like whatever was happening, I'd think, oh, it's because I'm big, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, look at the fat kid run 12 minutes. Ha ha ha. But then at the same time, no, because they're just doing their job. That's their curriculum. Like they're just, they're just following the thing. So. It, I think it's all just like the point of view because like for the likes of like like you like Ben Jack even Michael like being told to like run 12 minutes they'll do that like easy mm-hmm. for me it was a struggle so I think it, it all depends on the point of view like I never felt like they did it maliciously but at the time it felt it if that makes sense yeah yeah because obviously being a being a big kid was, it, it, I think I, I would never change being fat because I think it, it made me the person who I am today. Like my, like I, I'm very thick skinned. Uh, so like at work, you get picked on. So it's like hazing. Like it's like you bully the apprentices essentially. And mm. I remember, like, because I've been growing up being big and that, it was all quite like easy. So like whenever they'd call me fat, I'd be like, haha, original, nice one. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there was a certain point. Uh, there was like, actually, you know, there was a quite. There was like three points to which I just decided. You know what? I've got to do something. Uh, one of which was there was this guy at work who would take the hazing to a whole new level. And uh, I remember one time he. There's basically. Have you ever felt insulation like in your walls? Like it's it's oh, like yeah. it's like the yellow stuff. It's really fucking itchy. It's like fiberglass. Mm. And uh, he he launched a lot of that stuff in the back of my top, and then uh, he tried wrestling me to the ground. And I remember I just spun him, and I had him all like on the floor sort of thing. And I went, Do you know what? Nah. And then I just kind of went, I'm not getting bullied my whole adult life. Like fuck that. So th- that was one of the points. Uh, another one was um, whenever I went to the fucking doctors. They just went through. He's like, "Oh, if you lose weight, that'll that'll that'll, that'll take that part away." And I was like, "Uh, I mean, I had just came in because I've got like spots all over my back, and I don't know what it is." But yeah, no, if you lose weight, like that, that was <laughs> and uh, so lo and behold, I lost the weight, and they all fucking disappeared. <laughs> so I mean, the doctor probably was right for half the things. <laughs> Crazy, mm. but I wouldn't change it. I love being fat. Do you know the power you had? Like, no one could push you over. It was just That's amazing. True. I remember, because obviously Michael was like the strongest in our, like, like arguably the strongest in our year. And mm. I remember one time in PE, he tried, I think he tried like tackling me or something. And I just remember semi picking him up and literally walking him across the room. And I just remember him going like, you only done that because you're big. I went, 
Oh, yeah, you've you've made a point, actually. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just, it was an amazing feeling because <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael, if he hears this, he's going to be like, yeah, but he wouldn't do that now. And I'll be like, mm, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we peaked in school, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I, like I said, I did love school, like, but I didn't, didn't like, I didn't savour it enough, that makes sense. Because mm. I took it way too seriously. Like, I, when it came to revision, I was like genuinely like revising. I'm not like that kid which is like, I'll just do it the day before. Because I was, I, I had, it was just like I wanted to do well. But I look back in, I think, I just wish I just kind of like eased up a little bit and had a bit more fun. Yeah. I hear that. I think the one thing that I wish I did more in school is not <clears throat> like, I don't know, it's hard to, to articulate it, but it's like you have your main group and it's quite easy in school, especially in like sixth form. You can probably remember like, yeah, you have the, you, you just, you, you claim your table, you just stay in your group. Like I kind of wish I didn't do that as much in school. And that's what I quite loved about me and Stasio because we, we both started in the quote unquote prayer garden mm-hmm. and we, I kind of had enough of like, cause it wasn't so much like, it, it, it wasn't so much like you were picked off being in the prayer garden, but you were kind of like, you were kind of like seen as like the outcast. And I don't want to say that in a rude way, but it's, it's how I felt when I was there. And I just yeah. remember kind of like tagging on to like Jack, Ben, uh, Shane and that. And then, and then it just started like broaden, like I just started like mingling with everyone. And I think house parties, you know, like non, non illegally drinking. Um, <laughs> just having yeah. health parties was fun because I, I, I realized at a very young age that I could down shit really quickly. And that was almost seen as like godly stuff when you're like 16 and just started drinking. Mm. Like being able to neck a pint in like two seconds and then everyone going like, ah! it was a good feeling. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah. that helped then I, I it just I just I like chatting to people like I I don't I I don't like it when it's silent I want to I, I like talking I like to get to know people and everything and I just you find interesting things out about people mm. and it's it, it's one of the qualities which I like so that's why I quite enjoyed school because like what you were saying about being like a, as they said, like a social butterfly. That's what I was. Like I was, I was never popular. You know that meme on fucking Insta, which always pops up every now and then. It's like, oh, I was that kid that wasn't always popular, but everyone knew me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many people. And I'd be like, oh, I didn't actually know you were in my year. Like, where have you been? Like all this time. Mm, no, I hear that. I think, I mean, to be fair, like, I knew a lot of you guys purely from year seven, eight, uh, page 98 days. Oh, yeah, fucking hell, battling to get on that bus. Yeah, at the, at the year seven bus stop, but that was, that was interesting. How annoying was it was? They got rid of that the year we went into year eight. So mm. we had, like, year sevens coming into our bus stop. I was like, no, fuck off to yours. Know your place. <laughs> <laughs> we did yeah, it, you've got to do it. Yeah, but, uh, changing that hierarchy was a joke, man. Oh, 
looking back at it, there was actually such a, like, it was such a mad, like, a hierarchy in that, like, in school. Mm. Because, like, you, you obviously had your, like, your, your it girls. You know, like, when people watch, like, like you know, your, the, the shitty, like, chick flicks, like, mean girls. I'm going to say saying this. But it's like, it actually did exist. Like, there were them groups everywhere. And I thought it, that was just, like, the American sort of, like, portrayal of it but it is you had your sporties you had your like stoners you've had your your like it girls you had your popular kids and then you had the pro gardeners which i quite love being to be fair hmm. but yeah i feel like pro garden got a bad rap and i don't actually know why like i don't know where the term came from it's like oh pro garden well it's like there's <laughs> Literally like, the same people that we see everywhere. <laughs> Imagine how off though. I was getting all the stigma. For, like, I was getting all the stick for it, and I, I honestly didn't know what was wrong. I wanted to sit down during my break, and I wanted to sit on the benches. And by the time we got to the playground, all the benches were already gone, or there was none at all. So I just mm. thought, oh, I'll just go to, I'll just chill in the prayer garden. It's fine. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember, I, I think I was an instigator, to be fair. I was a dick in school. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend. But nah, that's, I think the, the... I think everyone was a dick at school. Like, everyone had their moments of, like, just, like, just jumping on the trends. Because mm. I, I, I was guilty for it. I got out of prayer garden and then I started giving them stick for people being in prayer garden. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey! I was like, Sean, you were just with us like last week. I was like, yeah, and? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh man. It's crazy though, like, I think no matter what happens in school for like 99% of people, things always turn out pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think from what I've heard, like, I was we bumped into quite a few people actually tweaking them yesterday and chatting to them. Everyone seems to be like doing well. And it's nice to see like people doing well. Cause like, it's like you only you've only ever seen them in school. It's like yourself as well. Like watching what you're doing is really fucking cool to see, like seeing everyone kind of like getting that next step. And, uh, it, it's nice to see like everyone growing up. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's like seeing, like, st- still actually being close mates with, like, uh, all the boys, like Jack and that, uh, like the Witten lot. It's, mm. it, it's nice to still, like, I'll put it this way. Basically, if I'm at work, I have that sort of mindset. I have that humour and, like, that's, that, that's, that's why I am at work. But then the moment I go to that group, it takes me back to being in school. Like, it, it generally like makes me feel like I'm back at St. Mark's fucking about just start like, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Those are the vibes you get though. It's like mm. everyone in school, we're all just relaxed. We're all kind of chill. There's never any pressure to like, to, to act a certain way, to perform a certain way. So it's just, mm. it's automatically just chill. The thing I liked about our school as well was Although we're all so different, we're all very similar in the fact that people would just want to have a party. Like, no one was just like, no, I don't want to go. Everyone wanted to have a, like, a party and just like, I think that was like, I think that's everyone really though. But, um, 
like, I remember chatting to my cousin and like, in, he, when he went to school, everyone was like, like, having like sex and everything. And when he was like asking me, like, what did you guys get up to? He's like, oh, we just got drunk in the park or at house parties. We, we didn't really, well, I didn't really think about having, like, doing anything like that. I don't know. <laughs> If if the the trend sets like that, I might I might just be the only one. But it, <laughs> it's just it's weird when like it's weird when you because I um, that, that's the other thing. So like I went I was a part of the consortium, so I went to Gunnersbury in like sixth form, and I remember Josh was also part of the consortium as well because he he was doing PE there, and he said when we went to Gunnersbury, oh my fucking god, it was it was completely different, like it made. It, it was just like an animal kingdom. Like it was generally like everyone being in an all boys school with a load of testosterone. It's just going to be like who's going to be the alpha male. And it Mad. was so it was so weird because their humour was so different to ours. So I remember being in a class and someone said something and everyone bar me was like cracking up and I'm going like, oh, this is obviously an inside joke, not a very good one, but fair enough. <laughs> but. Uh, fucking looking back at this shit, man, it's weird. That's nuts, man. Yeah. No, I very much see what you're saying, though. Like, we could just have fun as a group. Like, there was never, even though there was like semi, like I guess subgroups, for lack of a better word, within our within our year, we all just enjoyed being around each other fundamentally. And I think that's a that's mm. a powerful. Like, I see guys at uni that if I ask them like, "How was school for you?" They just have no memories of it, and it's kind of sad. It's like. Those yeah. are your formative years. Those are the guys that, even though you do make, you know, good long-term friends at uni and at work, like, mm. there's a lot that you, you can get out of school if you, yeah. I guess, do it right. There's a huge difference between, I find, uni mates and secondary school mates. Like, your secondary school mates are the ones where they kind of, like, seeing you become who you are. Whereas when you go to uni, they're just seeing you then. So they've, yeah. like, it's it's a whole different friendship, I think, and it's the same for the work lot. Like, I have my work lot, like, I have my work rock band, I have my work banter, and then I have my like the, the boys, the boys banter, and um, it's very difficult sometimes because I I remember saying like, do you remember um, the, the fucking Jushai language? <laughs> yeah, so I remember. I can't remember what, what what was it that was um always said. What was the phrase? I can't fucking remember it. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying one at work, and I thought it would be like they'll laugh, and they just looked at me going, "What the fuck are you on about?" Like, and I just I just remember being like, "Oh yeah, no, that's the other friendship group." But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong chat, wrong chat, but in real life. But then I bring back some work banter to the like to like the Witten lot and like the Hayes lot and they fucking love it like some of the shit I hear at work I can't really repeat here but <laughs> I just laugh I honestly I just think how how have you, how have you thought of that oh what the actual fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah Jeez. yeah work seems like fun man aside from us you have to do stuff but <laughs> Oh, mate, honestly, I love being on site. I, I don't, I, I always said to my mum and my dad and basically to fucking everyone was, um, 
I didn't, I didn't want to be in an office. I couldn't be sat at a desk. Like mm. I wanted to be out, I wanted to be active, like with my work. And when you're in an office, you can't really like, well, I don't know. I've never really been in an office, but on a site, you crack bands left, right and center. Like you, you, you can literally just stop working for about like five minutes, have a good chat with someone. And then get back right to it. As long as the work's getting done, you're left alone. And it's when you're with the right crack of people, it's it's hilarious, man. And I guess it's probably the same with like 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 uni as well. Like if you if you got a good little like group and you're going to lectures together, it must be quite fun. Well, yeah, to an extent. Sure. <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think it's different with uni because like you have an hour lecture, maybe two hours, and then you have free time. And then let's say you have a full day, you still have time between lectures to, you know, as you say, like take it five ten minutes, not doing anything, and then get mm. back to it. Yeah. Nah, uni's uni's fun. Well, I do, I do miss it. I I I, I, well, I say I miss it, but I've never been. I'm saying like I would have loved to experience it because I feel. I feel it would have been a good like little thing to like have learned from, but at the same mm. time, I'm glad I didn't go because I, d- I don't think I would I would have just become like like an alcoholic essentially. I, I don't think I would have ended up. I would have probably failed everything and ended up just like just fucking about too much essentially. Yeah, like I probably beans on toast because I decided to spend all my money on like a, a new Xbox or a new telly mm. and then just struggling to get by <laughs> yeah that that kind of sums up the uni experience yeah I mean I do feel like the the biggest lessons like at least for me my perspective is like as I mentioned before time management and a lot of <laughs> being independent like yeah. if you just took a month, you know, you went on holiday for a month, cooked for yourself, uh, went shopping, something like that's basically what you learn at uni, just in a different, uh, different context. Well, th- this is what I'm learning now with um with with my girlfriend Pip, like, because she's lived alone, she's gone to uni, she went to the same uni as my sister, but she studied um psycho psychology, and yeah. um she hate when we first got together, she hated the fact that I didn't know anything i didn't know like how to do, like, work a washing machine didn't know how to like do dishes properly like i knew well i knew how to do them but i didn't do it properly but then she's mm. been where, like i can cook like meals well i've always been good at cooking i used to be a fat kid of course i know but um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's just like little skills which i'm now learning now it's so fucking useful mm. But, um, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird having to learn it now when I could have learned it, like, while I was, if I went to uni. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is very much like, I guess it depends because you're still living at home. If you are, you know, if you and your girlfriend, say, moved out this summer, well, maybe not this summer, but <laughs> sometime when there's no corona, then it'll be yeah. different. But then you got to learn all of that kind of to her detriment, which is a bit annoying and it could, you know, damage your relationship. But like, 
you're still living at home. You still haven't really got any responsibilities. And as long as you're ready for, you know, your own life when it comes. So yeah, good. it's one of the first things which we said. We said to be like our like our personal goals, like our like our careers come first essentially. And mm. um, we set that up quite early on, which was not like nice because we both kind of shared the same ideas. But um, yeah, it, it's true what you're saying. Like it it would it, it, yeah, it is true what you're saying. It, it's it's uh. Uh, but um, oh god, I lost my train of thought. Fuck, second time now. <laughs> oh god, I'm not the, I'm not cut out for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick to your day job, man. Mate, I'm good at my job. I fucking love my job. I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man, on on that note, actually, like. What was your journey like from an apprentice to where you are now? Um, I was very lucky. I, 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 I'm, 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 I, I say that. I say that to the people I've, I've worked with, sort of thing. Like, um, I was put on a, a, a put. I was, I was very lucky because I was put on a job which had all like the old style stuff to do. So it was like very much like I was. I was on a new job, so I literally started from the start to the finish. So I learned literally everything on that job. Yeah. And um, when I went to the next job, they said, "Oh, do you know how to um, like bend conduit, which is like a tube? If you ever look into like a shop and that, anything which is like a tube on the wall, that's conduit." And I, went, yeah. yeah, I know how to do that. I was like, "Wait, what year? What year apprentice are you?" I was like, "Um." Oh, the first year still and I went how do you know this I was like oh I did it at the other job like all the time and when I started doing it there was other apprentices which were like a third year or fourth year which were still struggling knowing how to do it mm. so I personally feel because I'm I'm a very hands-on person like, I'm very good with the hands I love I, I, I basically I love doing DIY stuff like that like, like it's very, I'm very like handy in that aspect so when I start like learning a new skill, like I, I, I just became really good at it, and now I'm doing jobs. Now I'm like qualified. I've now got the respect of like people who taught me, and the respect of like the supervisors looking over me. Because although I'm just qualified, I'm doing jobs where you would normally get someone who's done like like ten years' experience doing it. Yeah. So. Right now, it's just I'm putting the foundations down because I'm not I'm not going to want to be on the tools for much longer. I'm, I'm obviously I'm wanting to be like a supervisor and move up through the offices and that like be like more management. Mm. It's just you have to do. It's like it, everything you have to do the groundwork now to make your life easier later on. And this is what I quite love about the job I do. It's it's just easy going. And I count myself very lucky with the the, the people who I work with because they I, I'm taught by very good people. Um, so yeah, but I did get a lot of stick because I was stuck with these people for like three years. I, basically, they were my site dads. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I got a lot of stick for that, and I think that's partly why I get called old at work because obviously when I was working with them. One was sixty, the other one I think was like forty or something. Mm. 
how come they getting stick for that? Isn't that like a a smart thing to do? Stick with the guys that know what they're doing. Mate, honestly, this is what I fucking say to everyone. It's like I'm not gonna go with someone who's who doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I want the experience. I want to actually be good at my job. I don't I, I hate it. I hate the idea of someone looking at my work and being like, Oh, that's a bit shit. Why'd you do it like that? Like mm, mm. it's it, it's it's, it's basically, I'm very proud of, like, the stuff I do, and I think it's a very good quality to have. Once you're proud of, like, when you have a bit of proud, like, pride on how your work looks and how much time and effort you actually put into something, like, there's no greater feeling than someone looking at your work and then being like, oh, we don't have to touch that, that's done, that, that, that's, we can now move on from that. Whereas there's some people which will do something, they'll be like, oh, can you just go back and change that because it, it looks shit. I'd hate yeah. someone to go back and change my work. Like it's, it, it comes back to the whole pride thing. Um, it's, it's, yeah, mm, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. I think for me, it's very uh, difficult to try and describe <laughs> like what I'm doing because I'll have to go into so much detail. Then that's probably the only time I'll feel like I'm at uni trying to like everything I'm doing. <laughs> no, that's fine, man. Yeah. But I know what you mean, though. Like, when I was, you know, working part-time and stuff, like, you kind of take pride in your work. And mm. it's like, the, I noticed it when I was working a New Look, for example, the guys that have been working there for, you know, for years and years, and they just don't really care as much. Mm. And it's like, once you, once you kind of stop caring, once you kind of stop putting pride into your work, you kind of, you get disillusioned in a sense where it's like, you don't really enjoy being there anymore. Yeah, and that's when it gets long because it's like, oh, you know, I'm now I'm dreading work because I don't really like it anymore. It's like, if you just always challenge yourself and like did the best you could, you'd always have that feeling of like, look, I can't wait to, you know, to get better or to, you know, to finish this job. Like as in your case, or mm-hmm. yeah, I guess there's an element of like, as you said, like taking pride and trying to achieve the best you can. Because otherwise, like, what else are you doing? Now? Mm, because that, that's the other, that's another good trait to have as well. What you were just saying is like. No matter how good you are, you can still learn. Like, there's still other things to like. You can heighten what you've already known and make it that much better. Which is what I'm doing now. Like, someone the other day, like, I was doing something there, and oh, why don't you just do it like this? And then when I did it that way, it was so much fucking easier. And then I was just like, oh my god, now I've learned. Like, you're, you're always learning. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're saying, like, the moment you start resenting is the moment you start blocking all these like things you see. I've started like putting my name forward for doing stuff like so you're known in the company. So since being with Pip, um, cause she's a, um, PWP, which is a psychological wellbeing practitioner. She deals with like mental health a lot. Okay. So I put my name forward to being like a, um, it's basically like a mental health first aider because, um, it's just, it's a good thing to have and it, it shows that. You're, you're willing to help the company a bit more. Same as like, um, doing like your first aid course and everything. It's like, it just, it's that bit, you've got that much more skill to kind of put you in front of like the other people on the, on like the company. Yeah, I feel like anyone, like, I guess first aid is a loose example, but like mental health is something that is such an important thing in, in any capacity. And just showing that you care, like, as far as the company's concerned, it's like, look, this is a serious guy 
this guy's mm-hmm. not fucking about. It's not like just a career to him. Yeah, I guess it's a good thing to say that you that you can do what you work towards. Because the thing is, I I don't know about you, but I count myself very lucky because I've never had to deal with like depression and anxiety. The only time yeah. I like the, the only time I actually knew I had it, well, I had I have social anxiety. Like if I'm in a large crowd of people, I suddenly start feeling very like panicky, and yeah. I didn't know that that was anxiety until Pip explained that to me. So. A lot of the time, it's people don't actually know what they, they, they have it, and I feel becoming this like mental health first aider would be quite good because you you just need to talk to someone and explain that you, you you're just not alone. Like, and I feel linking it back to like the whole uni thing, I'm almost guaranteed like people have like stress and anxiety and depression because of uni. And I don't know what unis actually do to try and like, like sort that out. Like, but I feel this day and age, I'm, I'm quite happy that it's making them steps that way. Cause being on a building site, the mentality is, Oh, you've got your shit. Keep on going. Like just pull it up and just forget about it. And mm. I'm glad now that people are starting to be like, actually, no, that's not the mindset to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough because I feel like people always, uh, it's the, you have that mentality that like, well, everyone's going through something. And mm. it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that, you know, what I'm going through is not important or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. the thing people, we people care a lot more now. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good thing because Pip, Pip was telling me like, um, you have, you have to start talking about it because if not, it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna affect you more. So it's like if if any of you your your listeners are listening, if you are suffering with like shit, talk to someone about it because mm. it if you bottle it up, it's just gonna get worse and it's gonna fuck you up even more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's... I didn't mean to make it another deep bit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we've got to re up our um professionalism. Yeah, yeah. But nah, it's true. And in many ways, like, I learned this at uni, because I was always like, oh, no one really wants to hear. Because someone told me, I can't remember who it was, but we were joking around, I think I was a bit pissed at the time, and it's like, oh, you know when someone asks you how you're doing, you just say you're okay, and then move on, just to like, keep the conversation going. And at the time, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I love doing that, like just saying that things are alright, yeah, I love glossing over my issues. Yeah. But then, the next day I'm like, hold on, that's stupid, like, People actually do want to talk about what they're going through in life. It's just like, mm. once you break that barrier, once you say, you know, look, oh, I'm actually not doing too well, you know, my friend died or something. It's like, once you break that barrier, things are so much easier. You just feel a lot better afterwards. As long as obviously the other person is not a dick and says, oh, people die all the time, but. <laughs> yeah, no, cause I mean, obviously we, we sadly lost Patrick like, a couple of years back. Mm. I remember I was at work and uh, I got a phone call with Ben. And he told me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And I literally, I went up to like the my supervisor. Like, I've got to go home. Like, uh, just, I don't want to be here, sort of thing. And he's like, "Why? Wow, what's going on?" I went, "One of my mates has just like died, sort of thing." And he went, mm. "Oh, okay, um, yeah." And the thing, they were very understanding, and they, they, they basically, I said, "I'm not going to be in tomorrow." And then, okay, now that's fine. I got paid the day, which is very like 
unlike them, which was like, like it, it felt like you were actually like being understood and you were actually like actually being taken care of. Because I know there's mo- there's like loads of people which be like, as you were saying, it's like everyone dies, get on with it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just nice to actually be able to to just talk about it and just actually like have the recognition of like, yeah, no, that's fine. We're here, but like, just take your time, sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, because that's the worst thing. I think I was I was working part time at the time, and I felt like I was being rushed back to work. I was like, "Oh, so how are you doing today?" I'm like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, it, it's the worst thing, and yeah, it's like what you said about the whole thing. Is like when when someone says, "Oh, yeah, I'm fine." Uh, it's, it's the cover up of, you're not actually wanting to hear my problems. It's the fear of like someone's just suddenly going like, oh, I just thought you were just going to say I'm okay and then we move on. Whereas like, some people generally want to fucking talk about it. Mm-hmm. What have they kind of trained you for? Cause you know you said you're going for the, the first aid role in the tough. What was, have they like told you how to, handle situations or is it a bit more like signposting it's it's, essentially is what I was saying it's like you you just have to be able to let someone just vent to you like someone just to talk to you get it off their chest and if they are feeling like suicidal you have to because that was the other thing I found out um, in the building trade electricians are the top five well Top five things like which illustrations come on top of is highest divorce rates, highest um, alcohol and drug abuse, Mm. highest, I think it's gambling addiction, and it's highest suicide rates. Damn. Because it's, because you're in a very male environment and it's that stigma of men just hide their feelings. And it's basically, the whole thing, the whole premise is if you're feeling like you need to chat to someone, chat to someone. Cause if you don't tell them how they, how they're going to help you, mm. it just, it, it's, it, it, it boggles me. Well, I say it boggles me. That's quite rude. Cause some people, honestly, their, their anxiety is so like bad that they don't want to ask for help because they feel like they're a burden on someone. Yeah. That's and, true. And it's quite sad that people feel that way. Like, not sad as in, like, oh, that, why are they feeling that way? But as in, like, genuinely, the thought of someone feeling that they can't chat because they're scared of, like, someone actually, like, like just being a dick, almost. Like, they won't, like, listen to them. It, it kind of, like, it takes a bit, like, it makes, it, question, it makes you question, like, question people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not I'm probably I'm not the best person to be talking about this shit <laughs> <laughs> but I know if people listen to this should be proud that I mentioned all that shit because it, it, it's very important to actually um, make people aware that this this is you're not alone and it exists mm-hmm. for sure man mm. and I do think like as you mentioned in um, as an electrician like I think men's mental health is a bit crazy because of the whole like uh like toxic masculinity you know quote unquote and it's that whole 
because even me, like engineering as a degree, it's like it's like ninety five percent men or something. My course is kind of mm. like sixty forty, which is okay. But there are just so many guys, and there's always this pressure to like act a certain way to like not speak on certain issues. And nah, I can definitely see how like how you know there's numbers like gambling addiction and suicide is so high because it's like the mm. the general vibe in like a male dominated industry is just it's nuts. It's what we said earlier on. It's like, I have my issues, you have yours. Get on with it. Mm. The job to be done. Get it done. And it's it's something which I, I have witnessed people are now fighting back for, which is lovely to see. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, because obviously now you're... What, is you, are you a senior role, would you say? Because I know you're qualified. I'm, but I'm, I'm still... I'm still, I'm just, I'm newly qualified, so I'm not a senior. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm basically still new, but I'm just, I'm the step up from an apprentice, essentially. Like, I have the authority to talk down to them and teach them how to work. Well, not talk down to them in, like, derogatory, but, like, as in, like, help teach them to trade. Yeah. But at the same time, I've got the important role of doing my work, but then the next step up would be then, um, Taken on a bit more, like, um, but taking on more of like of a role of like a supervisor, which would be like keeping an eye over like a couple guys, making sure the work gets done. So that mm. that that's a senior role, but um, I, I wouldn't say I'm too far off it. I think after I think another year, year and a half, I think I'll be there. But um, yeah, it's just it's just taking little steps, and it? it's like. You've got to kind of like go through the motions in order to um, to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. What, what would be your? I know I'm going to put you in a spot for this question, but like, what's your a top tip you would give to a new apprentice or someone considering doing an apprenticeship? Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Honestly, it, the moment you start thinking, "Oh no, I'm not going to bother for help," as in like like. If you don't understand something, tell me and I'll, I'll make it more easy to understand. Like I will physically stop what I'm doing and I will show you how it's done. Mm. Like that is the, it's a tip for everyone really. Like it's not just for people on site. If you don't understand something, don't just try and like figure out yourself. Ask for help. It, it, I think you are more of a man asking for help than trying to figure out yourself. Yeah. Or woman, you're more like you. I don't want to just like make it sound like it's a male thing because obviously there there will be other people out there which are the same. Like they don't want to ask for help because they don't want to seem weak. But it's not mm. a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. And I I, I I've always said that. I said that in the interview, and they they loved it when I said that because the moment you know when you're not strong at something. Not, that's it. Just acknowledge your weaknesses. That's what I couldn't think of the the easiest way of saying it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about being self-aware. Yeah, it's like we've all got pros and cons. We've got stuff we're good at. We've got stuff we're bad at. And if you need a bit of help with the bad stuff, then you could help someone with the good stuff. Like mm. it, it, it's it's just how it's just how it should be. Really, it, everywhere. Really, if you if you're good at something and someone's not good at it and you can see that they're struggling, take a minute, just give them a hand, 
Like, what is that minute? What a minute for them, like for you, sorry, will save them like hours of work, whether yeah. that's in an office or at home or at home or even at, at work, like on, on site. Sort of. Mm-hmm. And even like I've got a slightly different perspective on that as well. It's like for me, I was always like as the oldest, I'm always dealing with like all these different issues, and it's like they got to a point where it's, it's, it's no need to ask for for help because it's I, I always felt like I was better off on my own in the sense that yeah I can do it quicker, I can do it my own way, I can I don't really, I don't know how to articulate it well, but it's like I've always been put into positions where I've had to solve them myself, so I've kind of become you know, I've adapted to that mentality. So yeah. it's always seemed like, why would I bother asking for help if I know that I can do it myself? But mm. even still, it's like, as you said, a minute for a pro is like an hour for an amateur and just having that, you know, just understanding that you can just mm. do so much better. And I think on the topic of, uh, for jobs in particular, it's like, if you're all working together on one project, if everyone's performing better, that works out, be- that benefits the whole team as opposed to just the person who's asking for help. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine you get that a lot. Yeah, it, it shows a lot as well because there are certain times where when I was an apprentice, I'd say to the supervisor, I'll be like, listen, I haven't done this before. Can you put me on that so I can learn how to do it? And he was like, um, I mean, yeah, we can. I don't see why we can't. And I, like, he, they, they acknowledged the fact that because I was asking to learn, I was keen. And I feel that that really shows because I remember going to a Christmas drinks on the work do with with the work lot, and I had um, one of the I can't what was the title we had. Uh, it basically he manages a project manager. There we go. I've okay. never worked with him ever, ever. And he went, "Oh, are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "How do you know me?" He's like, "Oh no, I've heard I've heard great things about you." Like, <laughs> and I was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, thank you. And then it was only later I found out, like, he wasn't just a project manager. He was, like, quite high up in the company. Nice. And the fact that, like, obviously, like, good news travels fast, but it's, it's nice knowing that people are talking, like, it's the nicest form of people talking behind your back. Like, mm-hmm. someone give compliments. Which is a nice feeling, but at the same time, I know there's obviously going to be times where people are going, oh, he's fucking shit. <laughs> but I can live yeah. with because, like I said, I'm still learning. And even when I'm, even when I'm like 40, still doing the same job, there's going to be someone that comes along, probably younger than me. He's going to say something. I'll be like, oh my God, that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause that's the other thing I'd say. Don't be scared to listen to someone who is, not as experienced as you. If someone's like, like just come into the game sort of thing, listen to what they got to say because they might actually come up with a better idea. Yeah. Because I remember one time I was, it was actually the other week I was pulling these cables in and, uh, this, this apprentice I've been working with, he was, <laughs> I give him stick as a joke, call him useless and that because that's what I was, uh, people do that to me. And then he suddenly came up with the idea of like, why don't we pull that one to there? Then we, we don't have to go through all this trunking sort of thing. Mm. And I was like, fuck me, mate. Yeah, you're onto something here. <laughs> and it's just the acknowledgement of like, fuck, I should probably ask, ask people's opinions a bit more. And mm. not, 
but I take all the weight on my shoulders. But then at the same time, like you were saying, like if you feel you can crack it yourself, I'm not saying like don't like you have to ask for help. If you can crack it yourself, you crack it yourself. Go for it. Hmm. But yeah, there's always going to be a uh, an element of time there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. And I think one thing that I learned from like just leadership roles in the past is that you're only as fast as your slowest member. Or you're only as, you know, as good as your worst player. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, especially, especially prominent when it comes to like guys that never ask for help and you have to go, go back over their work a million times. It's like, if I just told you this one time 10 years ago, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would exactly. have been done. Yeah. It, it's, it is, it is, it, it's, it's weird how such a little thing can have such a big impact. Mm. Very um, Yeah. It's crazy, man. How are you going to be like, because obviously you're, I know you've been working this whole time all through lockdown, but mm. what's the, what's the next step for you? Um, do you know what? It's, it's a weird one, man, because I'm now getting to that age where I'm like, I've almost paid off my car. So I'm like, once I've done that, what's the next step for that? And the next step would be like moving out. And, uh, I'm not before living my whole life with parents. It's, you, you, it's a, it's a weird step because you want to take it, but at the same time, because you're comfy, you don't want to take it. Mm. And it's like, yeah. yeah, that, that, that is essentially the next step is, um, progressing further with the company and also, um, moving out, I'd say. What would you say your next steps are? Probably just, I mean, maybe not, not the same as getting a, you know, progressing the company, but, you know, getting a job and mm. of course, yeah, moving out. Mm. I think it gets to a point where you're old enough now to, like, similar to like, taking pride in your work, I kind of take pride in ownership, like having my own car, having my own laptop phone that I bought for myself. Yeah. And the last thing I got to own myself is, yeah, as you said, like a house. Hmm. There is no better feeling than when, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm paying rent to my parents. Like, it's not a lot, but it's something. And mm. it's quite nice that feeling that I'm finally able to give money to the people that, like, gave me money when I was young. Like, I couldn't think of, this is what scares me about the whole having a kid thing. Like, my lord, how much money did I drain out of my parents when I was growing up? <laughs> like, yeah. Just a black hole, just sucking up all the money. Just, but then at the same time, it feels not, it, it, it paid off because now I can now help them mm. like, pay their bills and that. And it's a nice feeling. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting you say that because I've always been like, as a parent, I mean, maybe because it's a different upbringing and stuff, but I've always been like, it's your responsibility to have, like, if you have a kid, you're kind of signing up for these expenses. Of course, like I pay, I pay rent as well, but I've never felt the pressure of, oh, like, I don't feel good about helping mum. It's like, look, you sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, I know what you're saying because I sometimes think that as well. Because like when I start feeling bad, I, can't, I, I do say to myself, hang on, wait, no, they chose to have me. Yeah. They had my sister and then they chose to have me. They knew what having a kid was going to bring. But then I'm there going like, yeah, but that's still... 
still they 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 still need the help now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Because that's mad. You know when you see like people you go to school with and they've got kids now. So it's mm. mad for. <laughs> Yeah, that's a different conversation, man. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> not really for your student. Like, for your, your <laughs> well, I'm just chatting about life. <laughs> that's what work does to you, man. But what yeah, is- school, some of the guys in schools, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of people that I want to see now. Let me just put it like that. Yeah, uh, honestly, there's, there's so many people. It's like, um, uh, what it? there's a, there's someone I went to school that's now married. I was just there mm. when I saw that. I was like, man. And I think Michael actually went to the wedding, didn't he? Yeah, he was there. Shout out to those two, though. Yeah, congrats for you guys. Yeah, that's, that's mad. It's crazy how... It's, I'm going back to the whole thing when you see it on like Instagram and that, and it's like, you're at that age now where there's people moving into their own home. There's people like having kids, getting married, everything like that. And then there's just like you just sat here uh, when I say you, I mean like myself. You're just at home scrolling on your phone, just like just working. It's mad to think how like how different everyone's like life's gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating, man. I mean, we're all on our own timelines, but it's like, yeah, it's funny to see because obviously in school you're all at the same level and you're kind of going the same the same places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's especially interesting now because you don't see it every day. Like, I could see you, you know, year on year, like, how you develop. But now it's like, I only really see like, once a month, and that's through Instagram. Like, I don't, I haven't seen most of these guys since leaving school. Yeah, and there's certain people I actually don't ever want to see again. Like, I had no ties to them. <laughs> like, I had no ties to them. I was like, as, as dickish as it sounds it doesn't affect me at all like if I see you and if I don't but there are certain people which I'd always want to have in my life and always would like to just bump into every now and then Mm -hmm. it's the whole like yeah it's it's just weird because you you do remember all your like your schoolmates and that and it's going back to all the like the memories and that it's like when you see someone and you just go oh do you remember this it's like when we're going about Gustav Holt you just start like, you take your package there going like, mad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. It's crazy. I was talking to Josh like on his podcast and he mentioned uh, having a babysat party when this is all done. That's oh, yeah. That I'm looking forward to. Yeah, because that's what we, we went to one of his parties up in Leeds and mm. uh, just before the whole lockdown happened. So this was like February, I think. And um, going up there and seeing how far he's come, mate, Fuck me, it's, it's amazing what he's done. Like, it all just started like to an, uh, like an idea. And I know that's stupid because everything starts from an idea. Yeah. So it's like, he actually acted on it. And I, that's what I'm saying. It's like the same with you. I had so much like respect for both of you because you both had an idea and you acted on it. Whereas there's some people which would be a bit like, Oh, I'm, I'll push it back a bit. I'll wait a bit. But now you both like took the dive and it's paying off now for both of you. Mm. Yeah, execution. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that that is the key word, and that's a trait I sometimes lack is execution. It's nuts. I think for me, like, I don't know if this is a useful tip for you as well, but whenever I'm doing something new, I always just say like in my head, three, two, one, and then I just do it. No, I 
Yeah, no, I'll probably count from down from a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dwindle and hope it just passes. But no, I, I really do sometimes just need to think. Hang on, it's going to have to happen. Let's just fucking do it. Hmm. Real man, I can't wait to see the next steps, man. I think you're going to be. You're going to be by the time I graduate. I graduate in 2022. You're going to be like a a big guy by then. Not not physically, but you know what I mean. <laughs> 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 I have to be specific. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I hope I hope all the best. Like, I, I don't I don't wish shit on anyone. Like, that's just that's a trait which my parents drilled into me young. Because I yeah. never like shit on someone. Like, I hope everyone succeeds. And like, how? Uh, like, if something doesn't work out in like two years for myself, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It might just take that little bit longer. And I, like, like you said, I hope I'm successful in two years time. Like, I see myself successful now. I have a job that like, mm-hmm. I'm mean, like now it's mad. Like, unemployment's crazy at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a job. So I count myself lucky then. And that is when I say I count myself lucky, I count that as a success. It's a little, it's a little success, but sometimes little successes lead to like, the bigger ones. Mm. That's very true. Mm. Yeah, that, 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 that's I love sight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just spitting. I'm not just like that. Just didn't come up in my head. Then I heard that on site one time. I was like, oh, I'm gonna fucking use that one day. <laughs> <laughs> Still like an artist, man. Yeah. But nah, that's something that I, I'm guilty of that sometimes as well. Like. I, I deeped it. it. Must have been about two weeks ago. I was like, "Shit, man! There are so many things that I have now that I never would have dreamed of having in like mm. year 13. And you just got to count your blessings sometimes because every success should be celebrated. Yeah, I mean, I was watching. What was on Netflix? It's a controversial one. It's Afterlife on like Netflix. It's it's okay. quite. You've got that Ricky Gervais in it, and there was like a little segment he was saying. It was like you just got like as you said, you just got to count your blessings. Like, what you have now might not be there later. So, like, just kind of, like, try and enjoy what you've got when you have it. Which, mm-hmm. it, it, it oh, sorry, stutter. Um, it hit hard, like, when I heard that, because it, it relates to everything, really. Like, because, you, honestly, you don't know what's around the corner. Like, did anyone put money on us being locked down for three months? No. And if you did, huh. fucking how much money would you have made? On a bet like that. Mm. For a global pandemic. Fuck, man. Yeah, for real, man. Just goes to show how, um, how random life is. It really is. Fucking crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, to ask you actually, because you asked me what was the most iconic moment from school. Like, yeah. I was, I was gonna ask you what's yours, but I completely forgot. Right. <laughs> Looking back like, at school, like, what was that? Your like when you look back at school, the first memory that comes to your mind. Huh. That's tough. I don't actually know. Like, there are so many things flooding into my head at the, in- the instant you say that. I think. Mm. <sighs> One of the most iconic, I think, would be um, when I stabbed Tyler in the head. Oh my god. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I can't even remember how that happened, but it, I just remember hearing from the grapevine that it, it just something someone got stabbed. I was like, "What?" 
<laughs> was it with one of the cu- was it with a compass? Nah, let me explain actually. I don't think I ever explained the story. <laughs> it was <laughs> Yeah, it was let, let. now. <laughs> <laughs> it was um was it I think it was Woodtech or one of the techs. Mm. And the whole time, um, this is the first time when, uh, Mr. Steed gave us the Stanley knives. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, me and Tyler were talking about, like, knife crime and, like, to be fair, it was quite a mad conversation for, like, two ten-year-olds. Yeah. How, like... You were ten. Literally, yeah, but it's, like, how, how deep knives are and how like if you mistreat your knife you can like kill someone and stuff like that just, mm. just sort of talk so you fucking stab him in the head to prove a point <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like because I, I thought I was like because he, he was scared to use a knife so he was scared to, when I was around him yeah so I, I was like let me prove that I'm a sensible adult with this standing knife right so I like I'll oh. pretend to stab him and I'll retract it so he doesn't hit him in the head <laughs> and I just never retracted him <laughs> oh no <laughs> That's when I noticed that blood everywhere. And it would <laughs> be, wouldn't it? He's like right on my shoulder, like, what the hell? <laughs> <It's just done. laughs> I mean, in his head, he's just there going like, we were literally just talking about being like sensible with a fucking knife. And you because <laughs> it was the same with like the, the, the soldering irons. Like, mm. I, I just remember being like, well, how hot actually is it? And I kind of like just, I, I don't know. I think I poked myself. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> and I was like, just, how stupid was I? That, that's, not, that's, that's what I mean. I was, like, I was so stupid in school. But I, I, do you remember when, I, I don't know if, I don't know, basically, I think Shane, Rico and Jamie were all kicking like a bottle about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Jamie then bullied it, or Shane, and it hit, Shane in such a way that it just caused his like eyebrow to just start gushing out blood. Yeah. And it, it was so fucking bizarre because he was like, we were all like little kids, like fucking like 14 years old or something. And we're just seeing someone like gushing of blood. Like I wouldn't have known what to do if I actually stabbed someone in the fucking head. Like <laughs> you just did that moment going like, well, I've just done that shit. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, we were so dumb in school, man. I, I, like, looking back, I don't even remember what happened next. I just remember sitting there with Steed and saying, like, it was an accident, I slipped. So, like, I just came up with the most elaborate lie. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, even if you told him how it happened, he'd still be like, really, though? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, man. Yeah. I think I told him, like, someone left a bag out and I tripped on the bag. And after that, from that lesson, he's like, everyone put your bags under the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at it this way. You've probably prevented it uh, in the future. True. They got yeah, kind of I'm some positive out of it. I mean, yeah, Tyler's probably got a scar on his head somewhere, but <laughs> no kid's going to trip over a bag in tech no more. Very true. That could have been a solder iron in the eye for all I care. Like, I did the right thing. So you're saying if you were in the situation, you'd do it again? Yeah, to for the next generation. Yeah, well, you've heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you will stab again. <laughs> Keep your bags under the tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But hey, man, it's going on four. 
Yeah, geez. I think. Oh shit! The football. Fuck. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah, Man United. Yeah, geez. Well, listen, it's been lovely having this chat, man. It's been nice hearing from you. Likewise, man. And uh, I hope it's not too much like, just waffle going on, but <laughs> I, I literally, congrats on this, man. Like, well done with like your whole podcast. Like, it's it's good to see. Good to see. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No worries, geez. But right, listen. I'll let you get to the football. <laughs> <laughs> Bless, man. Thanks for coming on once again. Yeah, man, it's, it's been my pleasure. Cheers, guys.